Hello everyone, and welcome to Talkin' Graps with DC and Mac. I'm DC. No Mac this week. Uh, weren't able to get together. Entirely my fault. Uh, last couple of weeks uh, have been a little bit different. Last week I was really sick, maybe with the Omicron thing. We've talked about that a little bit here. Um, but yeah, just wanted to still talk some wrestling today. Just felt like talking some wrestling. I'm hoping we can get back together with Mac on a more regular schedule here soon uh, and, and diving deeper and deeper into his experiences and the local scene. But I figured uh, for today, maybe this would be a good opportunity for me to go through my top 25 pro wrestlers of all time list and kind of explain myself as it were. Uh, before I do that, I do want to get, begin with one thing on the local scene, actually two things on the local scene. I'll begin with the really sad and frustrating and angry thing and uh, I hate having to do this, but we have to do this. And uh, those of you who've listened to the show before have heard us talk about uh, Benny Cumberbatch, who suffered a really terrible injury here on the local scene. And there was so much support for him and so many people sending in donations through GoFundMe. And they really raised a, a lot of money here on the local level for this guy. And very sadly and, and infuriatingly, the GoFundMe people decided to disable the fundraiser for whatever reason they flagged it as potentially some kind of scam or something. And the people involved with this and all the local wrestling people worked their asses off to try to get this to not happen. And, and very sadly it did. And so if you donated before on the GoFundMe or maybe if, if you haven't yet before and, and you thought about it and you went back and forth since this happened and you, you got to know it's going to be close to impossible for them to recoup everything that was automatically refunded from the GoFundMe. So if you've got a few bucks lying around, the PayPal address where you can send it directly to the Ramos family is Evan Ramos, that's E-V-A-N-R-A-M-O-S 333 at yahoo.com. Evan Ramos 333 at yahoo.com. Send him a few bucks. Uh, tell him, you know, even if you haven't seen Benny Russell, that you support local wrestling, that, that you, you hope he gets back on his feet. And, uh, that, you know, it's just absolutely on top of the tragedy that's already occurred that this other thing happens and that all of this money that was raised gets refunded. Absolutely horrifying. Uh, really, really upset at the people that GoFundMe. I don't know the details of it, but if you find yourself with a few extra bucks and, and you want to feel good about donating it directly to somewhere where, where it'll help, uh, consider sending it to Evan Ramos, three, three, three at yahoo.com. The other thing I wanted to say on a, a sad, but definitely lighter note, uh, here on the local scene is a personal thank you and uh goodbye, goodbye. And so long. And, and thanks for all the fish to Dorian Richard, also known on the local scene as Dorian Maddox or Filter. Uh, he is off to uh, hopefully some bigger and better things. Got signed under a contract to go work in a neighboring state and very excited about what this young man has to offer. Uh, those of you who haven't been out to a local show yet but have heard us talk about some of the people around here, you know, there, there's a lot, a lot of great talent here, but I've always uh, looked at the big filter and and seen a, a potential future star in this young man, especially when I learned uh, how young he was. And he's he's truly enormous, a great big size, great look about him, really good in the ring, 
Uh, and uh, it, w- it was a beautiful night at Primos, the first night in their new location down at the Roxy Theater, which was a great avenue for it. Really fire crowd, really hot crowd that was there for the show. And uh, a very emotional moment when Dorian finished his match and took off his boots and left them in the ring, which is uh, the universal symbol that a wrestler says when they're leaving a, an area, right? The, a promotion or an area, uh, and and they're thanking the fans. And it was, it was legitimately emotional. It was really, really good stuff. So again, these are the kinds of things, uh, if you haven't been coming out to local shows, you know, you missed your window to see Filter. And I'm telling you guys, and I'll bring it back up, this cat has a legitimate chance to be a star. I'll I'll be shocked if we're not seeing him on television within the, a couple of years. You know, I, I know it can be a long journey for a lot of these guys. And for sometimes, you know, it happens really fast for some people. But that's definitely the the rarity, the, the exception and not the rule. So congratulations to uh, one of everyone's favorite local talents. And, and he's on to bigger and, and better things. Not that, you know, the, the, the scene here isn't great. But again, if you, you're coming out, a lot of times you're going to end up seeing these next stars that are going to make their way up to AEW and WWE and, and, and all the rest, maybe going overseas, doing some New Japan stuff. And some of them, a lot of them already have. So come out, see the next one at the next Primo show, the next IWC, uh, when New Era gets back and going on. And shout out to those guys for for being safe and, and, and doing the right thing there. But yeah. Uh, okay, so those are the two things on the local scene I wanted to get out of the way. Let me, with no hesitation, just jump right into this list, and I won't be able to spend a huge amount of time on each guy, but, um, well, and and gal, there's plenty of uh, female wrestlers on here as well. Let me go through the list, and remember, this is my own personal top 25, not really an attempt. I'm not a historian of professional wrestling the way some people are. I certainly like it quite a bit and have watched a ton of videos, and I know its history certainly better than, say, someone who just randomly tunes into Raw every once in a while, but... I'm not a historian. I don't purport to be. I'm not Dave Meltzer. None of that shit. These are just my favorites, okay? <laughs> These are just the ones I like the most. Of course, you can find the written list on the Patreon. This podcast is totally free. The list just costs a dollar. Any of the written content on the Patreon is unlocked for $1. So, okay, here we go. At number 25, I've got John Cena. Now, I, I had to have John Cena on the list, and this is one of the reasons why I ran it out. Like, why is the, why did I go all the way out to 25? And I probably could have done 50, but after a while, I would have just been like, oh, yeah, and I like this guy, and I like that guy. But, you know, okay, here, here are some favorites, and I wanted to solidify John Cena up here as, as a great starting place because I actually did miss, as a fan, most of what was his peak, right? That was kind of, those were the years that I was paying less attention. So I do understand it more through like study, I guess, if you want to call it that through having watched videos about it, but the guy's an obvious, incredible entertainer, right? And to get those kinds of reactions out of people from the matches that I did see a little bit later in his career with whether, you know, AJ Styles, those were some good ones. And, but just understanding the legacy, the importance of it. I could have thrown a spot like this to somebody like Hulk Hogan, but you know, racism and stuff. So nah, um, Shawn Michaels isn't on my list because I just personally have a, a distaste for kind of everything about him. I, I don't know what it is. You know, we've all got those people in life or uh, actors or, or maybe it's pro pro wrestlers, whatever that you just, 
it's whatever it is about them doesn't jive with you. And, um, that's, that's how it is for me and, and Shawn Michaels. So no Shawn Michaels on my list. I wanted to make sure that I got a couple of these, uh, you know, kind of all time greats on there though. So John Cena, I felt like, yeah, definitely deserving of a spot on the list in at number 24 Goldberg. Uh, look, the Goldberg is an undeniable all-time great, even though he wasn't necessarily ever a very good, you know, quote, professional wrestler, right? That gets back to the conversation Mac and I have had before about whether it's Abaddon or, you know, these more character-driven wrestlers or whoever else that you don't have to come out and do collar and elbow tie-up and do a bunch of chain mat wrestling and all this to be a, a great pro wrestler. And, and Goldberg never did any of that stuff. And I understand that, you know, having listened to some of these podcasts and people like Chris Jericho, you know, maybe being a bit frustrated with that and you couldn't pull some great 15, 20 minute, 30 minute long Shawn Michaels esque classic out of Goldberg, but I'm sorry. It's entertaining as hell to watch him wreck fools. It just is. And for a while there in the nineties, it was the most entertaining thing in wrestling. And I've also got a soft spot for Goldberg because as I believe I've told the story before, you know, the big show that really got us back into the world and, and, and really doing this stuff regularly and paying attention all the time was the big return of Goldberg and, and going here. That was here in Denver and down at the uh, ball arena now. And it was a great show and chanting his name all night. Uh, hell of an entertainer. One of, one of the most entertaining people to ever do the professional wrestling thing. Uh, all right. Now for a more uh, hipstery pick or an inside the ropes pick at number 23, I've got the Usos. The Usos are so phenomenally uh, fantastic. Some of the best chemistry you're ever going to see, like another team I'll talk about in a little bit, you know, that their actual brothers certainly helps. But, you know, I remember when I first started watching, they were still kind of at the tail end of their slightly goofier kind of Island Pacific gimmick. And they were really transitioning into that more like almost like street hip hop kind of um just rhythmic, like their, their promos got really rhythmic and really interesting and bouncing off of each other in such a great way. And then they entered into this incredible rivalry with the new day. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was basically hooked from there and it's great because they're, they're one of those teams or, or whether you're looking at a team or individuals that can do both really compellingly, right? You can root for the Usos when they're being funny and being fun and having fun. And because they're such great athletes, uh, they're just compelling to watch whenever people can fly around the ring like that. You kind of want to cheer for them, even when they're being jackasses. But when they're doing the whole, you know, with the family, Roman Reigns, we're a part of the evil empire thing, or even when they were feuding with him, that they've got to stand out more as their individual selves lately. Just big fan of all the work from Jimmy and Jay Uso. 22 is Brian Danielson. And you know, this, this is another one where I missed most of his peak. And I understand a lot of people would have him in their top five, top three, maybe top one. Right. And I probably would if, if I'd have followed all of that stuff, but it's pretty amazing that the guy still makes 22 on my list based basically on this like new revitalization of his career, just only what he's done in, in these past couple of years. I absolutely loved his run as like an egocentric heel who was a bad guy just because he told people stuff they didn't want to hear, but was legitimately true, like about the planet and stuff. I thought that was hilarious. Him redesigning the belt to be like a plank of wood, uh, all that stuff. And then, and now he's just putting on classic after classic in ring match 
in AEW. I'm with Mac where I don't buy his heel persona as much in AEW, but his he's just so good in the ropes. And I'm I'm not saying anything new under the sun right here. You know, Brian Danielson, good professional wrestler, is not exactly a hot take, but there it is. And and there you have it. I and I guess the same thing can be said for my number 21. Again, absolutely had to be on the list. I think a lot more people who understand wrestling a lot better than I do will rank Eddie Guerrero much higher, as well they should. Uh, you know, I missed almost all of his time in WCW. Uh, I did remember him primarily as a mid-carder in the WWE. You know, I remember that great moment when he did finally win the belt. And I had I'd kind of gotten out of wrestling right around the time when he very sadly and tragically passed away. And I, I remember being really shocked by it and all of that as well. But, you know, it's... Um, it's it really is incredible when you go to some of these shows. I think we've talked about before. I've been at shows where Chavo was there or or Rey Mysterio and whatever, and people just chant Eddie, Eddie forever for years and years. If there's ever an anniversary or if somebody does, you know, the three amigos suplexes or if somebody does a frog splash, the crowd will will chant Eddie Guerrero's name and uh yeah, you know, for me, it, this is just kind of, again, like on my own personal list, there are lots of people that I cheered harder for over the years because their in-ring personas just connected with me for whatever reason, but you cannot deny the greatness of Eddie Guerrero, right? All right, then we get to uh, number 20. I, I was a little bit cheeky here with some of these teams. Edge and Christian really are two very different separate wrestlers that have had their individual careers by now, uh, for sure, with each of them. But I just combined them because I love them both. I wanted to make sure they were both on the list. A lot of people would argue, uh, you know, this is way too low for either Edge or Christian or or both. I know, uh, you know, Mac is a huge Christian guy, but I just, you know, I'll talk about the other ones that, that I love more. It's not about them not being as awesome. They really were. They were they were, the, they were great, you know, back in the day, uh, whether you're talking about the tables, ladders and chairs matches, you're talking about. I think some of the rated R superstar honestly didn't vibe with me as much, um, you know, but you can't deny either of them being incredible on the mic, fantastic in the ring, both still going strong, even though Edge have obviously had to retire for, for quite a while there. And so, yeah, Edge and Christian can't deny, even back on the brood, like that was some of the earliest stuff that got me into wrestling. So big, big fans of Edge and Christian at number 19, Asuka. Asuka uh, blows me away. I feel like she's one of the most underutilized talents in the WWE, despite the fact that she was like the first Grand Slam women's champion or, or whatever. It's like, it, it is weird because you look up and yeah, they'll slap a belt on her here and there. It never feels like she's ever truly, you know, sitting atop the, the women's division the way she should or could. And especially after that incredibly long winning streak in NXT that was just so compelling and so interesting and, and that she would regularly squash people, like even other quality competitors and stuff. Uh, but but she's legitimately scary. Her athleticism is off the charts. Her ability to strike and really make it look like it hurts. Uh, to scream like a psychopath in the ring. Like I love everything about Asuka. Uh, her her presentation, her entrance, uh, all of it is fantastic and. Uh, yeah, I really wish they hadn't squashed so much of her momentum when she first came up and, and had her lose, uh, you know, at WrestleMania to Charlotte, but that was an incredible match. And so, yeah, just big Oscar fan. Number 18, Becky Lynch. 
Uh, again, I feel like this is another one where very little explanation is needed for this. This is obvious. Uh, I was like a lot of people, always thought she was pretty damn good. And and then when she became the man and did the whole thing and beat down Charlotte in what WWE thought was a heel turn, but was clearly not. And it turned her into the biggest hero in wrestling. And, um, you know, I, I even kind of like her super smarmy thing that she's doing now with Seth Rollins and stuff. And I'm kind of playing on them being a power couple and, and famous and rich and all of those things and, and playing that up. I think it's great. But Becky Lynch, uh, soft spot for the Irish, of course, as well. Uh, but she's fantastic in the ring, on the mic, the character stuff, everything. Gotta love Becky Lynch. Number 17, Kurt Angle. Gotta love Kurt Angle. Uh, one of the best comic wrestlers of all times could do legitimate comedy. The milk truck things, one of the funniest things ever. Uh, his times uh, clashing with Mick Foley or with Team Eck when he was with Edging Christian. Like all of that stuff is absolutely fantastic. Plus, and I don't know if you know this or if he's ever mentioned it before. The guy was an Olympic gold medalist. I, th- I think it may have come up once or twice, but one of the best athletes in the ring of all time. Again, I don't know that I'm going to say anything about Kurt Angle that hasn't been said before, but it always did just amaze me how naturally he took to professional wrestling and and every element of it, the storytelling, the the cutting of the promos, the getting the crowd worked up, and then going out and being remarkably compelling to watch in the ring as this incredible athlete. So. Yeah, got to give it up to Kurt Angle. At number 16, I've got Los Lucha Bros, the Lucha Brothers of AEW. Uh, I think I've mentioned this once or twice before, but a lot of this also has to do with uh, some local connections, seeing both Penta and Ray Phoenix out here on the local scene in Colorado at IWC. Again, you got to get out to these shows. You got to see this stuff. The athleticism off the charts. Ray Phoenix is completely reinventing what it means to be a high flyer. He's taking like the best of Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman and all of these people and, and taking it to the next level. Penta's character work is absolutely phenomenal. He's an incredible athlete too, while also being a, a non-traditional type for that, that Lucha thing where he's the bigger guy and can kind of throw his weight around a little bit. And I just, I love everything about them. Every single thing about the Lucha bros. Um, yeah. All right. And at number 15, I mentioned them a little bit earlier, but the New Day. The New Day uh, have the added benefit now of having been a, a team for so long and having been such a compelling team as a trio, which is kind of unique, right, in the in the history. Not totally. I guess there have been other trios, but certainly when you think of the greatest tag teams of all time, nine times out of ten, you're naming two people, right? And with the New Day, you've got three and all of them are awesome. And now Kofi and Big E have both gotten their shots at the top very legitimately, having earned that, having basically have it demanded by the fans because that's how popular they are. Xavier Woods gets to be, gets to be as again, earned uh, king of the ring. And so, yeah, like I, I just, I'm thoroughly entertained by these guys. I think they're some of the naturally most funny and most entertaining people out there right now uh, and and have been for a long time. So got to go with the new day and number 14, I've got Charlotte flair. I know a lot of people love to hate on Charlotte flair. And again, it's funny because I don't have Ric flair on this list and I don't have Shawn Michaels and there's a similar, you know, or Hulk Hogan and people talk about those people getting overly pushed. Certainly John Cena 
And uh, the next person on my list that I'm going to talk about, there's always been these conversations about being overly pushed. But I'm sorry if you're just looking at it in terms of who gives really good promos, who has really good matches, who has staying power. Just look at the best matches that almost every woman on the WWE roster has had. If you look at what is Asuka's best match, what is Becky Lynch's best match, what is, you know, go on down the list with each one of them, Sasha Banks. They're all with Charlotte. And some of that, yes, is that WWE put Charlotte into just about everything. But there's also a reason for that. There's a reason why it was true with those other people as well. And so I get the backlash against Charlotte. I really do. And and I think a lot of it is merited and, and warranted and totally fine. I would like to see some other people get some more opportunities. But I understand why WWE thinks she's the safe bet because she is. Because she's legitimately that good. And so... Yeah, that's what's going to happen sometimes. Speaking of legitimately that good, number 13, Roman Reigns. Everything I just said, cross-apply it again to Roman Reigns. And I think people have come around on that now that everyone's in on the gimmick, right? Now that everyone's 100% in that they've got Roman Reigns doing the right thing, now we're fine with the fact that he's the head of the table. But the truth is he has been for quite some time. He's been very legitimately good. He's just been packaged poorly at times, but... The guy is fantastic. He catches way too much crap. It's really, really cool to see his time finally arrive where everyone can just be happy about some Roman Reigns. Getting close to the top 10 in at number 12, the Hardy Boys, a pick of my youth. Uh, the the thing that opened my eyes to daredevil, high-flying wrestling, tables, ladders, and chairs, the whole thing of, of those groups back then, Edge Christian Dudley Boys. Shout out to them. They're not on the list, but shout out to them because they were a big part of all of that as well. But the Hardy Boys were always my favorites. They were Team Extreme, right? I, I remember I had a shirt when I was a kid, a Hardy Boys shirt that said fear is just a four-letter word, all that kind of stuff. Like, I was I was into the idea, and, and I really loved everything about them. If I, you know, had to even separate them out, Jeff Hardy is, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, and they both are. They really are. All the broken stuff that you get with Matt all the brother Nero and just general high-flying individual stuff or the moment against the undertaker that you get with Jeff, like the Hardy boys are two of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. And one of the greatest teams of all time. So I got to give a huge shout out to those guys. Big, big, big Hardy boys fan in at number 11, just outside of my top 10. And here I've got kind of back to back uh, recency bias picks at number 11. I've got Finn Balor. Finn Balor, I've got to give uh, huge props to. Balor wins huge points for being a gimmick, I guess, in in an age where those don't exist anymore, where kayfabe is dead or, you know, whatever. People don't really do the, well, I'll, I'll talk about some of my favorites here in just a minute. And he's not always that, right? He's a lot of the time his gimmick is cool Irish guy who, <laughs> and sometimes he's kind of a dick. And other than that, you know, it, it's just when the demon comes out, but that is a huge part of it for me. I love that kind of stuff. As you'll see more and more, the supernatural has always been some of my favorite things about wrestling. It makes it feel like a comic book. It highlights the fact that it does not matter that it's not quote real and it's not supposed to be. It's a great deal of fun. And the pageantry and the, the, you know, the entrances are a huge part of wrestling. And Finn Balor's got an all-time great entrance. 
And then he really can go once he's in the ring. He does some fantastic stuff. Uh, I love his athleticism and, and that as well. So got to go with Finn Balor at number 11. In at number 10, definitely the person on here that I have seen wrestle the least. But every time I've seen him wrestle, it's been absolutely incredible. And he's a gigantic Final Fantasy nerd. So I'm sorry, he just wins free points. It's Kenny Omega starts my top 10. The guy's just phenomenal. Again, there's there's nothing I can say about Kenny Omega that hasn't been written or said by people who know way more about professional wrestling than I do. I can only sit back as a fan and go, holy crap, that guy's amazing. And his finishing maneuver is named after the Final Fantasy VII final boss battle music. And so the man is a hero, an absolute hero. And the stuff he's been doing lately, you know, when he when he had the belt and dropping it to Adam Page and all that stuff, just phenomenal, phenomenal work. And I need to watch more Kenny Omega. I really do need to like get on YouTube and go check out all of his stuff with Kazuchika Okada and, and all the New Japan stuff. You'll see a, a a huge lack of New Japan wrestlers on this list because I'm just not familiar enough with them, and that's on me. But it is what it is. At number nine, Triple H. Got to have him on there. Look, we're about to get into, okay, this was the time where Drew clearly fell in love with wrestling because he was the biggest bad, he was the final boss of my era, right? Triple H was the big bad guy who weaseled his way into the family and, you know, it was really the McMahon-Helmsley era that, uh, you know, was when I really got invested into wrestling. And so whoever the, the good guy was at the time that I was cheering for the hardest, we'll hear those names in a couple of seconds, it almost always came down to beating Triple H, and so you gotta you gotta appreciate that. You gotta give him credit for NXT. You gotta give him credit for longevity, all those kinds of things. Number nine, Triple H. Number eight, Sting. Again, what am I gonna say about Sting that other people haven't said before? Yes, I, I primarily am familiar with Crow Sting. I didn't know Surfer Boy. You know, again, I got into it in the later 90s. So Sting had one of the best gimmicks of the time, even though it was pretty admittedly ripped off directly from the crow. But even what he was doing with it and coming down from the rafters and fighting people off with baseball bats and all that stuff. Like, yes, awesome. I love it when my professional wrestling gets super comic booky and it doesn't get much more comic booky than Sting. Number seven, Chris Jericho. Talk about longevity. You got to give Y2J all the credit in the world for reinventing himself over and over and over again. Obviously, the more you learn about his career, the more impressed you are with it. Uh, I know he's said and done some pretty whacked out things on social media these days, but talking and just entirely about the pro wrestler, even like his podcasts were one of the things that helped get me back into wrestling and realized that kind of the veil had been lifted and that wrestlers were talking about their experiences more now and that I was really interested in that side of the business and learning about how matches were put together and how gimmicks were come up with and you know how any number of things could go on behind the scenes of the politicking and all of that stuff and so him kind of opening the doors for that him being a huge part of especially the early success of AEW you just you got to give it up for Chris Jericho now we really get into my my personal favorites here. At number six, Rey Mysterio Jr. Again, you, you'll notice the trend. Uh, I love the high flyers. I love the Lucha style. 
Uh, I love masked wrestlers. Uh, he brings all of that, of course. I've gotten to see him live a couple of times, which is just incredible that he can still do at his age now what he was able to do back in the day. I, I remember him being one of the few things that I would flip over to WCW for back in the day. It really was, you know, him, Sting, and Goldberg were the only reasons why I would flip over. Otherwise, I was a pretty loyal WWF guy all the way back then. But Rey Mysterio Jr., just no no replacement. None other like Rey Mysterio Jr. Into the top five now at number five, I've got The Undertaker. Again, I like the supernatural. I like the weird. I like the strange. You've also got to give it up. For massive longevity, this guy being a huge deal for like four decades, uh, the consistency of it, the all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, and and obviously I'm not one of these. I'm I do not buy his nonsense whatsoever about how things were better back in the day when boys were boys and the men were men, and it's like no, no, I'm I'm not with any of that, and I didn't care at all either for the biker gimmick. That said. Some of the coolest moments in the history of pro wrestling have been, I've had The Undertaker as a part of them or a central part of them. And maybe the greatest entrance of all time and, uh, you know, the great, the, the music. And like, I really liked the Ministry of Darkness stuff. I know a lot of people feel all kinds of ways about that, but that was, that was like cool, weird stuff. It's like, man, it's cult sacrificing people. This is intense. You know, signing contracts and blood and stuff. Like, that was, yeah, that was, that, that, it was just different. Uh, you know, and and you got to appreciate all the different kinds of things he's been able to do. Number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin. What am I going to say? <laughs> One of the greats. Great talker, great ass kicker. Really, that guy could go on the mic. Again, I love listening to him when he's on podcasts and stuff. Candid Stone Cold Steve Austin is almost even better than, you know, ratcheted all the way up to 11 and ready to kick some ass Stone Cold Steve Austin. But that was... That was my era. Actually, what's interesting is I actually got really deep into wrestling right around the time he had that first super serious injury where they wrote him off for like most of a year with the neck thing when he had been hit by the car, you know, in kayfabe by Rikishi, I guess. Um, you know, I so the person who's at the top of my list, you know, was really the big thing. But when Stone Cold came back and I'd been hearing about this guy and I had basically had to see like in videos from the time just before I started watching when he was doing his stuff with Shawn Michaels and Mike Tyson and all of that. When he came back, I was just like, oh, yeah, this guy's a big deal. <laughs> this guy's this guy's incredible. And he is. Uh, you, you can't say enough about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number three, Mick Foley. I decided to count them all. I get all the wrestlers in one here. Hey, if, if they're all in one body, they're all from one mind. It's all Mick Foley. I get Mankind. I get Dude Love. I get Cactus Jack. And uh, I get the Hardcore King. Foley is God. Some of the greatest moments in the history of wrestling are Mick Foley doing stuff that made us all very scared that Mick Foley had just been killed. Uh, maybe nobody has given more of their body <laughs> to our entertainment in this Business, certainly on television. I know there have been hardcore people back in the day who've done some, you know, pretty wild things. But as far as stuff that's been captured on television with cameras, Mick Foley is absolutely like Mick Foley and Jeff Hardy are the people who've like given the most of their bodies, right? Um, and how amazing that this guy who's, you know, done all these really like horrifying things is also super hilarious and super sweet and kind and plays Santa and stuff. You got to love Mick Foley. 
In at number two it was my personal favorite, the person that I almost always said was my favorite when asked uh, as a kid or even just throughout the years. I would always tell people, Kane. Kane was the thing, and, and being the little brother you know, of The Undertaker, I'm a little brother. Uh, some of us have the, the little brother complex. But even beyond that, like the comic book panel, like he's clearly a comic book monster. Uh, but at times he was a comic book monster with a heart of gold and, you know, the fiery entrance and the not saying anything, but still getting so much across with the way he kicks ass. And, you know, yeah, now he's like a libertarian mayor of whatever, but, <laughs> but back in the day, Kane was the scariest thing, but, and also somehow the coolest. Uh, and I, and I loved those kind of robotic elements of him where, like I said, he wouldn't talk and he'd move very still around the ring. And so much of pro wrestling was yelling and screaming, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your ass on Sunday, man. I'm kicking your ass. And Kane wouldn't, Kane would just show up and very slowly and very methodically punch you until you stopped moving. <laughs> and the other thing that I loved about Kane too, and I, and I feel like every professional wrestling promotion needs this. And it was great for him at the time because there were all these superstars around him. And Kane was a demarcation point. You know how I knew you were a main eventer in, in pro wrestling anytime between like 1997, whenever he debuted, and, you know, for the next 10, 15 years? If you could believably beat Kane. Like Kane very rarely held the, the belt, right? The, the top belt in the company. But he was always a threat to everybody all the time. There was nobody you were surprised that he could beat. He could beat anybody at any given time. He'd show up and tear down the house. But, yeah, that, that was the thing. He was like, oh, if someone can beat that guy, then, yeah, they get to be champion. And I always thought that was really cool, like demarcation point, essentially. And in at number one, look, I'd love to be clever. I'd love to pretend like it was something else. Again, I would have even loved to put Kane number one because oftentimes it's the answer I give because I like to be hipster and I like to give a non-traditional answer. But when I was making this list, I had to be completely honest with myself and ask myself the question, who entertained me the most as a professional wrestler? And the answer is, of course, The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He just... It's undeniable at this point. He's not making $20 million a movie on accident. You know, all that stuff that he used to say about his natural charisma was 100% right. He was the most charismatic man in sports entertainment. Now he's just the most charismatic man in entertainment. He's just that good. He's funny. He's interesting. You know, he's got those deeper moments. You can buy into him. Dude, dude made me feel for a giant CGI ape in a remake of an arcade game called Rampage that was never had story in it, right? But, like, he brought humanity to that. Like, the guy, he's just incredible. And of course, he was a phenomenal athlete back in the day, former football player. He could really go in the ring. It's always funny to me when people act like The Rock couldn't wrestle. Like, like when they act like he was Hulk Hogan or... or uh, um, like the ultimate warrior or something like that, or some of these guys who just couldn't do anything in the ring. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, was he again, these other, was he a technical wizard, like a Shawn Michaels or another person that's not on my list anywhere? Bret Hart. Like I would guess not, but again, I'm just a fan. Like most people out there, I, even the people that pretend they do, I don't really know the technical stuff. I, I can kind of see where some people make it look better and tighter, then other people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's matches never really look 
that interesting or fun. But Rock brought so much damn energy and lit up every crowd. Everything he said seemed like it was genius, even though you go back and listen to some of the stuff. And you're like, it's the most ridiculous crap I've ever heard. But he said it with such confidence. And, and people reacted so vociferously to it. But yeah, there's... Again, I can't probably say anything new about The Rock, though I feel adamant in, I guess, defending, I don't know, just pointing out that the guy was an incredible athlete in the ring, and he really told great stories, uh, had some fantastic moves. The people's elbow is ridiculous, but you can't claim it's not entertaining. <laughs> you can't. And so, yeah, if I'm being honest with myself, the person over the years who was, and he was, he was must-see stuff. And, and it's funny, you know, you watch wrestling now and, and some people get some great reactions that CM Punk reaction was remarkable right but that's what The Rock got every time he walked into a room every time they showed his face on the jumbotron arriving at the arena like men would go hysterical and women would get pregnant that look these are just the facts of the case like go back and watch those videos of the rock just showing up at a place and hear people scream their heads off like he was a an enormous deal that it's almost impossible for a wrestler to be in, in modern age with kayfabe dead and everything like i said i think i think that the cm punk thing but that was like a one time you can get these one-offs where or like when edge came back there are these huge real life very realistic moments but there was a time that we may never get back again as wrestling fans where, and this was true of Stone Cold as well, but where when those guys would show up, Hulk Hogan, I know, is true of him as well. But for, for me, the, the people that got me into it, just the absolute bananas. People will go bananas. And it's pretty wild to watch those old videos. But yeah, that's it for me. I love to hear other people's lists. If you've got a top five or a top ten or just three or four favorites you want to shout out at me hit me up in the discord channel you can comment uh, just right here in the comment section on the patreon underneath this podcast you can hit me up on twitter whatever i, I want to hear everyone's favorite professional wrestlers because i think you know maybe even in some ways more than like music and movies and television and stuff like who your favorite pro wrestler is says so much just about you and again unless you're like a student of the history of pro wrestling you're probably not just going to pick the people that the wrestlers would right i actually am surprised i didn't get the hurricane on my list the hurricane and gold dust are people that like when i really think about it have defined so much of my again the out there the characters i love that type of stuff uh those are the things that mean something to us and make wrestling a, a personal experience right so i want to hear from everybody out there let me know. Otherwise, just continue to be absolutely awesome. I'll continue to be absolutely Drew Kriegsman. And until next time, I will see you between the ropes. <laughs>